Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm going solo on that ass, but it's still the same. We're talking Impact Wrestling. Uh, JD is out this week and next week. Um, I had planned on maybe getting a co-host this week uh, to fill in. A couple people actually volunteered, but I didn't know when I was going to be able to do the show, and as it turns out, I was actually able to do the show earlier than usual, So, um, but because of my work schedule uh, being a little bit wonky today, I was like, uh, ah, man, you know what? I'm not going to um, subject a co-host to my flexible schedule, so I will just go solo, and uh, and yeah, so uh, we're, we're going to go ahead and keep talking some Impact Wrestling, man, um, just, just me, myself, and I. Um, we had a very good show this week, and we got a lot of news to talk about too on the Patreon later today. Um, but the uh, opening contest was on uh, BTI the pre-show. Uh, saw Bupinder Gujar defeat Johnny Swinger, and that was talking BTI. I guess the only thing that really happened on BTI that's even worth mentioning is that uh, Josh Matthews uh, brought up that there might be some action figures coming. I don't know, but uh, with MLW getting a deal, it only makes sense that uh, Impact would be getting a deal. So um, there you go. Uh, But we'll go ahead and go on to the show. The opening video featured last week's dissension between Eric Young and Violet by Design, setting up a six-man tag um, match between Violet by Design, Josh Alexander, and the Motor City Machine Guns. Um, So before the match was getting started, they went backstage and Cody Diener was talking to Joe Doring and he was really nervous because he hadn't seen Eric Young in a while. And that's the story of the show is um, what's happening between Eric Young and Violet by Design. Um, they hadn't seen him. All of a sudden their music hits and now they're expected to go out and Eric Young's nowhere to be found. And so uh, a very uh, timid Diener and um, actually Doring is never timid, but a very timid Diener. A little, a little bit nervous. Um, they they went ahead and went out there no matter what um, to go on for their next ma- for their match. Um, and then uh, Josh Alexander, the Motor City, Motor City Machine Guns, they come out, they hit the ring, their entrance, everything, everything looks good to go. It's going to be a three on two match, and then all of a sudden, Violet by Designs music hits, and then Eric Young uh, waltzes out, and uh, they they start the match. Uh, pretty good match. I actually really dug it. Here, let me get the graphic going. I already forgot about that. Boom. Uh, pretty pretty good match. I actually really dug the match. Um, and the the finish saw Alex Shelley actually get a submission victory over uh, Diener. And at the same time, uh, Eric Young was uh, tapping out to Josh Alexander. And uh, you got that visual, the visual submission, the visual defeat once again, which I hope this means that this feud is completely over, that Young and Alexander are done, that Young is completely done with Violent by Design. There is no reason why they should ever wrestle again. Oh, no, excuse me, not ever, but there's no real reason why we should be seeing this match anytime soon. And same thing with Diener and Doring. I don't think any, either of those guys should be messing around with Josh. Josh is on to bigger and better things, and it kind of looks at the end of this match um, as Chris Saban was handing the title back to Josh Alexander. He was taking a long look at that championship, and uh, he seemed to have a little bit of envy in his eyes or lust in his eyes for the World Heavyweight Championship, uh, and more to come on that later. Um, so we go to the next match, and two of my all-time favorites – Boom. Steve Macklin and Cowboy by God, James Storm. Um, 
I was I was worried about this match going in, not because I didn't think it would be good, it's because I really did think it was going to be good, and in fact, it was pretty freaking good. Um, Cowboy's awesome, and so is Steve Macklin. Steve Macklin is going to be a big star here, and uh, the reason why I was worried is because I, I know that Storm's not signed here, and I was like, okay, if you're going to put Storm in this match, he's most likely going to lose because you're not going to want to beat Macklin with a part-time guy, even though they have done that with New Japan guys and stuff like that. But James Storm's not, you know, he's probably not going to be sticking around for very much longer. So I thought that they were putting him in here with Macklin and that was going to be the end of the end of Storm as, as we know it. But uh, we'll we'll go ahead and go uh, to the to the finish here. So Storm recovered and attempted to hit the eye of the storm, but Macklin escaped again. Storm followed up by successfully landing a top rope hurricane runner, followed by a diving elbow drop, but only managed a two count. Storm continued offense before he went into an exposed turnbuckle, and Macklin followed it up with a DDT for the victory. Um, so yeah, he hit his head on the turnbuckle, the exposed turnbuckle, which gave Storm an out, which makes me think that maybe Storm's not done, and I think that's good news because I was watching this match, and Storm is, and I know you guys hear me talk and banter about James Storm, and I kind of gush over him each and every week that he's on, but. The charisma, the work, the him, the, just the entrance song, everything about him is so cool, and he's such a good pro wrestler. This match was very good, and he and at his age and the fact that he hasn't really been doing much wrestling lately, it has no right to be as good as it is. And I'm like, why? They they really need to keep this guy around because he's you know he's damn good. The guy the guy is awesome, man. Um, so a very good match. Uh, Macklin got the victory here after the after the bell after the match was over. The lights went out and ooh, spooky Sami Zayn, uh, or not Sami Zayn, sorry, uh, spooky Sammy Callahan. Uh, appears in the ring when the lights go back on, but Macklin is smart. He actually exited the ring, which is what you should do when the stinking lights go out because you know what the hell is going to happen. Some asshole is going to be in there standing with a baseball bat, and that's exactly what happened. So Macklin was uh, too smart for old Sammy Callahan. He was up on the stage, and uh, they looked at each other and uh, in some type of acknowledgement, and I think this means they're going to wrestle, probably in Chicago. Who knows? Probably at Emergence, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where this uh, leads us. Uh, and the next, we got uh, a promo airing for the Ric Flair moment of the week, uh, showcasing his performance at TNA Lockdown 2010. I'll be honest, this was on uh, the whole skip meter for me. Not that I don't like to see some of the old stuff, but I just uh, was a little bit pressed for time, so I fast-forwarded through that moment. Um, I did see him get thrown into some thumbtacks. So um, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't appear if, – if Flair was coming in for an appearance – uh, this weekend in Louisville to promote the Starcast shows, and he would have, they would have promoted that fact, and they would have probably sold out both nights if that were the case. And they're pretty close to selling out Louisville, by the way. Um, that, and I think that's good information. I'll get into more of that in the Patreon. But um, I, I think that if Flair were coming in, we'd know by now, and we it would be advertised for this coming up weekend for the tapings to start tomorrow night. So it doesn't appear that he's coming in. They're just going to do this promotional thing where. Um, they show old flare clips every week, and uh, we're going to have to continue to sit through these uh, for the next few weeks. So um, Flair's run in TNA was not good. So why Conrad Thompson thinks this is a good idea to showcase the the original the, – the end of his career in, in wrestling for the most part was in TNA. And his run was not good. He was not happy. He has nothing nice to say about um, T- about his time in TNA which is probably why we're not seeing him in any impact stuff. So 
Um, he probably thinks impact is beneath him. So there you go. I don't know that for a fact. I just kind of think it's true. Um, but he was not happy with his time there, um, which is probably why he's doing this match again, because uh, he wasn't happy with how his run, how his profession, his run in the ring ended and in the fact that it ended in TNA. He has said that time and time again. Um, so the fact that they're, oh, look, money is important. And that's exactly why they're promoting the shows, because Conrad Thompson is buying time um, to promote his upcoming pay-per-view, which is what a smart guy does, which is what a promoter does, which is what I would like to see Impact do more often, is buy time on other wrestling shows to get people to get eyes under their product. And that's what Conrad Thompson's doing. So uh, good for him. Uh, very, very, very smart on his part. Uh, so we go backstage. And Scott DeMore was uh, was greeted by the Motor City Machine Guns. And like I said earlier, um, Saban was kind of eyeballing that world title. And uh, he told Scott DeMore as much. He said, when I had that title in my hands, I just felt something come over me. Um, he said that he was hungry for the Impact World title. DeMore stated that he could see that both members of the Motor City Machine Guns were hungry for the title. And that next week, they would face each other to determine the number one contender for the championship. And the winner would face Josh Alexander at Emergence on August 12th. So, um, yeah, so earlier in the week they had announced that Saban and Shelley would be wrestling this weekend. Um, and my original thing was, why, why? I had no context as to why they were doing that. So I was very curious as to why this was happening. And um, and this is why, because they're gonna. it's a number one contenders match. Now, um, put the fact that this match is going to rule aside, right? Um, Alex Shelley, I, I honestly can't tell you the last time he won a singles match. So why he's a number one contenders match is beyond me. Um, uh, that, that makes absolutely no sense to me. Obviously they just want to get this match going. They wanted to sell some tickets to Louisville. I think it worked because Louisville looks like it's doing pretty good. Louisville looks strong. Um, and they're obviously want to, you know, maybe even get some eyeballs on next week. You're going to get a lot of the hardcore fans, um, the fans that really only care about matches. They will, they will might tune into this, and they will probably click on the YouTube video, and it'll probably be a video that I share around and uh, and tell people about. But um, yeah, for the most part, I don't really, you know, like storyline wise and sporting wise, it doesn't really make a ton of sense, but you know, it's Shelly and Saban. So, you know, the match is going to rule. So it's hard. It's a hard thing to complain about. Um, will it bring in new eyeballs? Probably not. Probably not many, maybe some, uh, maybe some uh, eyeballs. that would just be curious for that match. But, you know, as we all know, these guys are going to tear the house down and they always do. And then against each other, it's going to be even better. So, um, so the next match, I would say is, man, maybe the surprise of the century. And that's why in the title of, uh, of this podcast, if it's on the free feed or on and YouTube, is, is Chelsea Green good? Because the next match, Chelsea Green versus Mickey James was a damn good match. And I'll be honest, when this match was announced, I had next to zero interest in this match. Um, Chelsea Green in the ring doesn't do it for me. I think she's a good heel. I think she's better as arm candy for Matt Cardona. Um, and I, I'm not interested in that. Uh, Chelsea Green, when pushed by a younger, more not more talented, but a younger wrestler that is a little bit more hungry, uh, or I'm sorry, Mickey James, when she's being pushed by a Deonna Peraza or somebody like that, or a Mia Yim or you know, Jordan Grace, um, she is capable of having good matches, somebody that can push her to her limits. Um, Chelsea Green is not that person. At least I didn't think so. These two had a hell of a match. I was shocked. 
And Chelsea Green is a big part of the reason why it was so good. Mickey James was very over. And the reason why they loved her so much in this match is because they hate Chelsea Green. And if look, and if two people are in the ring, they're not like classic workers that can have these five-star classics. If the crowd is into it, that you know, that's all that matters. And the crowd was very much into this match. And I was into it watching it. I, I thought this was very, very good. The match started off with which was weird, but I I think it worked because it was kind of a play on a on a previous WWE storyline. Well, where uh, Chelsea, um, or I guess Mickey, planted a big kiss on Chelsea Green, and um, it was a big uh, play on the the Trish Stratus um, from 20 years ago, the Trish Stratus, Stratus storyline from like 20 years ago, um, where Mickey was uh, basically her stalker, and that's the kind of the thing that they were wanting to do with Chelsea, but they never really they didn't really execute the feud very well, and a, a lot of it has to do with just timing because neither of these women are actually signed to this promotion. So um, it's a, it, it was a difficult thing to pull off and they got, we got the payoff on TV. Um, Chelsea green defeated Mickey James. Um, the uh, James recovered and the two started brawling up the rampway before the experience of James was able to lead things back into the ring. James, James with all the offense at this point, including landing a top rope seated senton, but only managed a two count as the crowd chanted, this is awesome. And they were right. James followed it up with a mick kick, but Green managed to grab the bottom rope before the count of three. Green followed up with a stomp, but the referee caught her uh, hooking the hooking the tights. This got the crowd went crazy for this because she was she had her pin, but she was cheating, and Daniel Spencer actually saw it, which was kind of funny. Um, uh, so the referee caught her hook in the tights. He broke it up. Uh, James with another mick kick, but before she could capitalize, Green attempted another stomp. Missed, but was able to roll James up with her feet on the ropes for the victory. So she got caught before cheating. Uh, the referee caught her, but he could not catch her again. So Chelsea Green cheats to win here in, uh, in what I would call a, a very, very good match, man. And uh, kudos to them. Uh, kudos to Chelsea Green. Kudos to uh, Zach Wilson's favorite wrestler, Mickey James. Um, I, I thought this was trem- – like they way over-delivered on this match. And uh, I think that, you know, if – if uh, you want to believe that Chelsea Green can have a good match, I think you need to go out of your way to watch this and show her a little bit of respect because I'm usually pretty tough on her. So when she does great, I got to give it to her, man. I think it's appropriate. Um, uh, next, you know, this this next portion of the show, um, this is where JD would come in. This is where I really need JD and uh, where it sucks that I'm alone this week. Um, this was the Undead Realm. This was fucking stupid. This was goddamn terrible. This is a, a group of women who have no experience acting. Classic, they're not classically trained actresses or actors. Um, they have no business doing this stuff. This is bad sci-fi. This is bad horror. This is poorly written, poorly acted, poorly produced, and poorly executed. God-awful goddamn dipshit television. This sucked. It was four minutes of my life that I'll never fucking get back. Um, I, I, I could not stand it. It was a waste of my time. Um, and then, you know, and they, they tweeted out the full clip on Twitter. So I quote tweeted and I said, well, why, in quotes, why does an impact grow? Well, it's things like this. I, I will go out of my way to tell people, hey, you should watch Impact. You should watch Impact. And then when they do and they see something like this, they're like, hey, why the hell did you tell me to watch that? It's like, well, I'm like, yeah, well, didn't, didn't you see Macklin and Storm? That was really good. The opening match was really good. The main event was really good. Chelsea and Mickey was actually pretty fucking good. Um. And but what they're going to fixate on is how stupid this segment was, and that's that's how it goes. It kind of spoils the entire episode, not for me, 
right? Like I, th- I think this episode was one of the stronger ones of the year. Honestly, I really enjoyed it. Um, but this four minutes, you take out this four minutes of this episode and this is a very good TV show, but instead you got, you got Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary trying to play actresses, um, in a sci-fi show. And it just doesn't work. And it's because they're, they're being asked to do something that they're not capable of doing. It's not their fault. Um, I mean, I guess they could say no. Look, Rosemary obviously loves this stuff. This is her whole gimmick, right? But her gimmick is cool without this stuff. She doesn't need it. She's got the cool the cool look, the cool moves. The matches are decent. She's got the crowd behind her. She's got the character over. She doesn't need to go to this undead realm. And so the whole reason why they were doing this is because they wanted to go find Havoc. Um and so Rosemary and Ty Valkyrie were prepping, prepping to enter the Undone Realm in search of Havoc, but Valkyrie needed some convincing. After the two entered the realm, they were separated, and Valkyrie soon found Havoc. When Rosemary caught up with Valkyrie, she stated that they had been looking for her and introduced her as Jessica. So this is kind of like the, the Sue Young and Susie storyline um, and Susan, where they had the three faces of Sue Young. This is what they're doing. So Jessica had bright pink hair. And had a smile on her face. Why am I reading this? Why am I telling you guys about this? This is one of those moments where I was uh, thankful I was watching in my office at work. And so it was like at the end of the day. So Impact comes on like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, I've, I watched, I've been able to watch on YouTube the last few weeks because I subscribed uh, to their YouTube service because of uh, Against All Odds. So that way I can watch that and do a review. And... Um, well at work, YouTube actually works at work on my work computer. And it was at the end of the day, it came on like two 30. I, I, I started to watch it about 25 minutes into it. And, um, at three o'clock, a lot of people start to go to do PT. So in the military, you get time allotted for PT. I took my PT on Wednesday. And, um, so I was basically in the office by myself. There's only a couple of people and they were on the other side of the building. So I'm like, ah, you know what? I'll go ahead and just kick on impact. And so I uh, kicked it on. And uh, this was one of those moments where I was watching this. I'm like, I'm so glad that nobody's here right now catching me watch this. Um, and because, hey, I'm the boss. And that would be embarrassing. to look like, up, up, Sergeant Gilbert, what are you watching? I'm just like, oh, I'm watching these three dipshits in here uh, go to the undead realm uh, with, uh, you know, I got to say the production was actually better than it normally is. I think because they filmed it at um, Center Stage in Atlanta, which is a pretty good studio. So um, I could probably go on all day about how they don't need to be doing stuff like this. But they did. Uh, during the commercial, I guess over in Canada on the Fight Network, they showed a clip of Diary Destiny Wrestling featuring Josh Alexander battling Mike Bailey at an event in 2020. So there you go. So maybe uh, maybe that's what we're looking at later this year. Um, Mike Bailey cashing in his option C to, to challenge uh, Josh Alexander later this year. And I think that would break the scale for Impact. I think that would be the next five-star match in Impact history if they were able to do that. Um, backstage, Brian Myers was chatting with somebody, but he was interrupted by Bapinda Gujar. Gujar stated that if he won his match tonight, that he'd be granted a digital media championship opportunity. Opportunity. Shut up. Opportunity by Myers. Myers sidetracked the opportunity request. He's fucking writing this shit. Opportunity request, um, but informed Gujar that he was on his way. So there you go. Uh, Yeah, Gujar beat Swinger. Um, Myers did say a funny thing, making fun of a. I think Gujar only has like 2,000 Twitter followers. So, <laughs> so like, why why would he be a digital media champion if he only has 2,000 Twitter followers? Um, next, we got Masha Slamovich um, beat the hell out of Tanil Dashwood. Now, we're at, not much to the matches. The the entrances were longer than the actual match time. So there you go. Um, 
we were seeing her continue to beat stronger and stronger opponents. And hopefully this leads to a big uh, showdown between Masha and uh, Jordan Grace down the road. Backstage, Jim Miller caught up with Mickey James exiting the arena. She looked all disheveled, distraught, and upset that she had lost and uh, said that she's going home. And, uh, you know, maybe she's just depressed that she's going home to Nick Aldis. I don't know. Maybe there's something going on there. Maybe she's like saw him uh, work a match at the Slammiversary and saw how bad his punches were and how bad he sucks in the ring. He might suck other places too. <laughs> Freaking Nick Aldis. Um, and then we go to the main event. We've got Honor No More of Kenny King, Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, defeating the Bullet Club, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, the Good Brothers, in an eight-man tag match. So um, after Honor No More made the entrance, Heath came out of nowhere and took out Vincent in the crowd. So they're doing this whole thing where, where Heath keeps coming out of the crowd to attack these guys. I don't know where it's leading, but it's actually kind of like, at least in Atlanta, it was working with that crowd. But that crowd was pretty freaking out for everything. So who knows? But um, it, it was working. The people were behind Heath, man. They pushed the guy. Um, I'm not a big fan of his. I know a lot of people aren't either. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Impact seems to like the dude. So is what it is. But, yeah, here we go. We had uh, Honor No More taking on the Bullet Club here. Um, Bay and Edwards began the match as the energetic crowd chanted too sweet in the background. Austin was tagged in and began putting on a clinic until Taven was able to switch up the momentum. With tempers flaring up, however, we soon saw all eight men in the ring before Bullet Club sent Honor No More to the outside as we head to commercial. Uh, back, back from commercial was Austin and Taven before we uh, saw the Good Brothers for the first time legally in the match. Bay tagged in, and the talent uh, this man possesses is off the charts, and he's only 26 years old, says the guy from The Observer anyway. I think he's freaking great too, by the way. Uh, he's got world champion caliber, but not tonight. He's taken out by Honor No More, and King uh, just got tagged in the match. After King did some damage, quick tags were uh, being made by Honor No More, and Bay was in trouble. He finally made the tag to the Bull Club, but the referee was distracted and never saw the tag and was greeted by the fans to a you suck chant. After some dashing moves, Bay was finally able to make the tag to Anderson, pun intended. Uh, Taven was uh, now on the brunt of the whooping, but before Anderson and Gallus could nail the Magic Killer, Honor More landed some huge comeback offense. Um, so they had Taven up in the Magic Killer. Taven kind of wiggled his way and pushed Gallows to the ropes, and then Maria did the right between the legs. Uh, God daddy dangly right where he dangles. Um, all four members would play a part after Maria landed the low blow. Uh, Taven nailed Gallows from the skies with a splash and Honor No More picked up the much needed victory by pinning one half of the world tag team champions. So this is where I think we get to the, um, to see OGK, Matt Taven and, and uh, Mike Bennett against uh, Gallows and Anderson at emergence in Chicago. And I think that's a very interesting match because uh, uh, for, for Patreon subscribers, you'll you'll hear that uh, there's some uh, big news happening with Gallows and Anderson. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, but I thought I thought this main event was tremendous. Look, uh, you know, Honor and More is great. The Bullet Club is great. Um, the Good Brothers had their working shoes on, specifically Gallows, I would say. I, I noticed him working extra hard. And uh, the match was fantastic. I really dug this match. There was uh, two points in the match where they everybody was hitting their finishers, and that stuff always works. It always gets me. I like that stuff. And the crowd was really into it. So big ups to the Atlanta crowd. Louisville has a uh, has a tough act to follow this weekend because Atlanta was on freaking fire, man. That was a good, good stuff. A great, great main event. Impact's main events uh, all year. Like their opening match and their closing matches have been awesome. And usually like it's in between is where you get some uh, get some stuff that was a little bit boring. But uh, tonight, that was not the case. I think uh, 
I think every match on the show was really good, or at least it told the, the right kind of story. Um, I would say the match of the night is probably the main event, but close second is Chelsea and Mickey. And I don't think I didn't think that I would say that the opening match with uh, the Motor City Machine Guns and Josh Alexander against uh, Violent by Design. Um, not that that was a bad match, but I think that match was just designed to close that chapter on the Alexander Violent by Design feud, and I think they did that a good they did a good job of that and kind of steer us toward. You know, Josh Alexander, Chris Saban, and Alex Shelley to see exactly where that's going. Um, so I think they did a very good job of that. So now we have these two separate stories being played out, and hopefully they'll be played out in different segments. So, um, but yeah, this was a this was a very good episode. A big thumbs up for me. If you just skip the four and a half five minute to Undead Realm stuff, I, I think this was a, a very enjoyable show. Now, one thing I did want to bring up, um, Killer Kelly. Um, had another uh, vignette. She's on her way. She was in a shower at one point, and then she's just like sitting in a room, and then she looks at the people. I don't know what that's all about. Um, it, you know, it kind of reminds me of the uh, the Ruby Soho vignettes before she entered AEW, where everybody said there was like, you know, like some cinematic achievement where they were just following her around doing nothing. Like, I uh, everybody loved those things, but like it was just her like one of the videos she was driving. Cool. Thanks, Ruby. You you can drive in Chicago. Great job. Uh, and then there was another one where she's riding a bus, and then she's like in a library. I can't remember all of them. But they look, they were okay. They were not cinematic achievements. And um, this was much better than last week. There's no dead possum. Um, but it still, it doesn't really say like, okay, here's Killer Kelly, and they're trying to push her as this like sex symbol. So, okay, here she's coming. Okay, what's she, what's she coming for? Who does she want to fight? What's her issue? Does she want to be the world champion? That'd be nice to know. I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see. But uh, more news to come from Kelly Kelly, I guess, and more of these vignettes. And then hopefully at some point we can figure out what the hell's going on with her. Um, and I do have a little bit of news uh, to talk about when it comes to a Kelly Kelly on the Patreon. So, uh, yep, sorry I, we did the solo, but I think, uh, I think we, had a, we had a good episode to review. So thank you for Impact uh, for giving me something to talk about. Um, and if uh, you're not a Patreon subscriber, head over to patreon.com slash fightgamemedia and give us your five bucks a month for exclusive, expanded, and uncensored content, unedited content, no commercials. Uh, join us over there. Today I'm going to be talking about uh, – we've got some Killer Kelly – I'm talking about Alberto a little bit. Um, we got the Good Brothers contract news. We got some uh, stars leaving uh, leaving WWE. Jordan Grace is making certain challenges to former WWE stars. We got a lot of notes to talk about. Um, so if you want to head on over to Patreon.com/slash/FightGameMedia, go ahead and sign up there. Join us there. Um, but if you're not going to join us on the Patreon, we will see you next week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Um, but Patreon, everybody, stick around.